and the 10th verse, Philippians, the third chapter and the 10th verse. Let's have a word of prayer while you're turning. Father, we thank you for your goodness, your mercy. We thank you that your holy written word will go forth here this morning. People will hear it with ready ears. And as it goes forth, it'll accomplish what it's sent forth to do in the lives of people that'll hear it and believe it, act upon it. We know that your word will not return void. In Jesus' name, all of God's people that agreed with that real loud said, Amen. Amen. Look at this here in Philippians 3.10. The Apostle Paul makes this statement. And he says, that I may know him, talking about Jesus, that I may know Jesus and the power of his resurrection. Now, as you study that word know out just a little bit, he's not talking about knowing about. There's a difference between knowing about somebody and knowing somebody. See, I know about the president, but I don't know the president. Do you you understand what I mean by that? I don't personally know the man. Now, I know about my wife, and I know my wife. Because I've spent a lot of time with her. And this word know here, it means more than just know about. Paul wants to know Jesus intimately and the power of his resurrection. There's resurrection power, great power in that resurrection. The Bible says that God the Father showed his mighty power when he raised Jesus from the dead. The mightiest power that this planet has ever known is when God the Father raised Jesus from the dead and then Jesus walked out of that tomb with the keys of hell and of death. Now today being Resurrection Day, we celebrate an event unlike any other in history, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And as a result of his resurrection, he made power available to us. He made power available to us. And so what I want to talk to you today about from the Word of God is tapping resurrection power. Tapping resurrection power. Um, Even though Jesus has been raised from the dead and has made power available to us, that power does us no good if we do not tap into it. Do you understand that? Uh, How many of you realize that there's electricity running into this building? Right? But, you know, we could all be sitting here in the dark. Right? So even though power is coming into this building, it does us no good unless we tap into it and throw the switch. Is that right? And the same thing's true with resurrection power. Resurrection power is available to us all the time, but it does us no good if we don't tap into it. And now we're going to talk to you this morning here in just just a moment. We're going to say some things about how you tap resurrection power. But before I get to that, the question that is asked so oft times is why did Jesus need to die on the cross and be raised from the dead? Why did that need to happen? Why, you know, why? Well, to get the answer, we have to go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Does anybody know what two people were in the Garden of Eden? Adam and Eve. Okay. And 
you know, they sinned, didn't they? They missed it, didn't they? And when they missed it, they were disconnected from the power of God. Do you see this up here on this screen here? Do you see those two wires at the bottom? You see those two wires? You see how they, they've been disconnected, haven't they? And, and at this picture, at this moment, they're, they're coming back together and making a connection. Well, when Adam and Eve sinned, they were disconnected from the life of God, from the power of God. And as a result, we got disconnected from God as well because we're all descendants from Adam and Eve. So when they got disconnected from the power of God, the life of God, we got disconnected as well. And as a result of that disconnection from God and His life and His power, it destined all of us to an eternity disconnected from God in a place of torment called hell. But how many of you know God's a good God? He really is. And He doesn't want anybody to go go to hell. doesn't want anybody to go to hell. And so He sent Jesus, the second member of the Trinity. How many of you know... The Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the second member of the Trinity. The Bible says the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so Jesus, the second member of the Trinity, took on human form and was born of a virgin. Now people ask me, why did he have to be born of a virgin? Well, he was born of a virgin to bypass the sin nature that came through Adam and Eve's sin. And he lived, Jesus lived a sinless life here on this earth. Thirty-three and a half years he lived. Sinless. The Bible says he was tempted in all ways like you and me, but he never sinned. How many of you are glad he never missed it? He never sinned. And then he suffered. They beat him immersively. He shed his holy blood, you know. And crucified him to the cross, nailed him to the cross, crucified him. And he did all of that on our behalf. How many of you know Jesus was here as our substitute, taking the place that we should have been in? And he died on that cross in our place. And then he was buried in in the tomb. And then on the third day, he rose from the dead. Thus, making the connection to the life of God, to the power of God, again available to all mankind. Now, now can anybody say amen on that one? And the Bible says in the book of Ephesians that when God raised Jesus from the dead, we got raised with Him. You understand that? Just like when Adam fell in the Garden of Eden, we fell with him. Well, when Jesus got raised from the dead, we got raised with him. You see, through Adam comes disconnection from God. Through Jesus comes connection with God. Now, how many of you think it's good to be connected to God? And and, and you do that by tapping resurrection power. Just like I said... There's electricity coming to this, this auditorium here, to this sanctuary, but it does us no good unless we throw the switch. And then we can enjoy the electricity. Well, the same thing's true with resurrection power. 
We have to tap it, if you will, and throw the switch to it, if you will. And then when we do the resurrection, we make connection with that resurrection power and the life of God comes into us, causes us to be born again and uh, we get saved, become a Christian. You understand that? How many of you know you don't become a Christian just by coming to church? Now, how many of you know coming to church, God says we ought to do it? Is that right? But, but you know, you don't tap the resurrection power of Jesus just by coming to church or just by giving an offering or just by doing a good deed. Notice, let me show you in the Bible how we tap the resurrection power of Jesus. Look at Romans 1 and 16. Romans 1 and 16. Notice this. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Paul again speaking here, you know, under the unction of the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Well, you know, I'm not ashamed either. How about you? And when you study into the Bible, you'll see that the, the gospel, the good news or the gospel, that's what gospel means, good news of Jesus, has to do with his death, burial, and resurrection. He came and died for us so that we don't have to suffer the, the penalty of sin. You understand that. He's, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the good news of Christ, the gospel of Christ, for it is what? What is it? It is the what? The what? The, the power of God. It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who... Now, now it's going to tell us how we, how we tap resurrection power. It's for everyone who what? Who what? Who believes to the Jew first and also to the non-Jew or to the Greek. Now, just like if I wanted to tap the power... I've never done this before. Not with people in here, I haven't. Let's see if this works. Okay, now how do we tap the power to this room? I push that switch, right? Woo, look at that. Isn't that wonderful? Now they're going to have to reset some things in the back. <laughs> okay, there we go. But how did we get the power back? Now, now it was dark in here. If I hadn't hit that switch, it would have stayed dark, right? Right? Well, how do you tap resurrection power? You tap it by what? By believing. Now, the word believe and have faith, you need to realize, means the same thing. So we tap the resurrection power of Jesus by believing, by believing God's word, by believing the gospel, by believing in the death, burial, and resurrection, by having faith or believing in that, you see. And, and we'll give you a scripture in just a moment, but you need to realize that when the Bible talks about believing here, it's not talking about believing in your head. It's talking about believing in your heart, which means a total sellout to the Lord Jesus Christ. Totally selling out to Him, lock, stock, and barrel, you see. And when you believe in Him, when you have faith in Him, we could say it this way, when you trust in Him with all of your heart, at that second, at that moment, you tap the resurrection power of Jesus and that power just like what you see up here in this in this picture that that we tap it that power hits your spirit you see you know you're a spirit being you realize that 
You possess a soul, live in that physical body, but the power of God hits your spirit. And the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. New creature, old things are passed away. All things become new. All things are of God. And and at the moment that you you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you tap that that power of God and, uh, and you become a new person. And you have the life of God in you. The blood of Jesus goes into operation and all your sins are cleansed as though you never committed them. I like what that, how many of you paid attention to that screen we had playing before, right before the service? Actually, our sins were forgiven before we ever committed them. Isn't God good? But in order to take advantage of that forgiveness, you have to tap the resurrection power. How do you tap it? You tap it by what? By believing or having faith In your head or your heart? In the Lord Jesus, you see. In His death, burial, and resurrection. And uh, uh, what I want to do here is uh, I want to look at a group of people here in Matthew, the... uh, And, and, you know, what I was going to say here is... Do you know there are some people that say the resurrection never happened? Did you know there are some people say that resurrection power doesn't exist? And, you know, I could go through the Bible. How many of you know that there's been people for generations and generations saying that Jesus was not raised from the dead? How many of you know that? You, you know that, that that's nothing new. Let's just take a second. Matthew, I was going to have you go to Matthew 7. Let's go to Matthew 28 first. Let's go there first. Matthew 28. You can read the first six verses. Well, let's just read them real fast here. Matthew 28, 1. Now, after the Sabbath, the first day of the week began to dawn Mary Magdalene. And the other Mary came to see the tomb, and behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came, rolled back the stone from the door, and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, his clothing as white as snow. Now notice the guards, notice, see that? The guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He's not here, he's risen. And, and praise God. And that's what today is all about. But notice verse 4 said the guards. Did you know there was a guard set on the tomb of Jesus? And then if you go down to verse 11, because now what happened to those guards? When when Jesus was raised from the dead, they shook for, I mean, and if you really study this out, verse 3 is talking about Jesus walking out of that tomb. A lot of people think verse 3 is talking about the angel, angel sitting on the stone. Verse 3, Jesus walks out. His countenance was like lightning. His clothing is white as snow. And the guards, notice the guards shook for fear of him, became like dead men. But notice down in verse 11. Now while they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city. Now notice the guard came into the city. Now what did they just see? They just saw Jesus walk out that tomb. And they came into the city and reported the chief priests and the things that had ha- all the things that had happened. And, and when they assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers. Those soldiers knew what happened, didn't they? But these religious people are trying to cover up the truth. And they gave them a large sum of money. 
to the soldiers, telling them, uh, saying to them, tell them his disciples came at night and stole him away and slept while we slept. See that? Tell them his disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure. So they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Are there people out there still saying that Jesus didn't rise from the dead? I mean, just some years back, they, they supposedly, somebody said they found Jesus' bones in a box. The devil's been working overtime to discount the resurrection. But I'm telling you, it cannot be discounted. We're talking about tapping resurrection power. I just want to tell you, there's a lot of folks will tell you that it never even happened. But it did. And I could stand here and present you with different proofs. Did you know the Bible says after Jesus was raised from the dead, he, he spent some time with his disciples and he presented to them many infallible proofs of his resurrection? How many of you think that that would do the trick if you actually saw Jesus after he was raised from the dead that, that, that that'd be an infallible proof. Is that right? But doesn't the Bible say blessed... Didn't Jesus say blessed are those who have what? Not seen and have what yet? Believe. And I could stand up here and present you with proofs of Jesus' resurrection. But you know, even if I gave you the most solid proof, because, you know, being a teacher, I, I've... Over the years, in the days gone by, you know, I've had college students come up to me and say, you know, prove to me. Prove to me that Jesus has been raised from the dead. I had one lady when I was greeting back at the door back there many years ago. She came up to me. I'll never forget it. She said, Pastor, uh, if you snap your fingers right now and a lightning bolt hits the parking lot, then I'll believe. And just that quick, I said, no, you won't. She explained that away just like she's explained everything else away. How many of you know Jesus got people... See, I've had people come up to me and say, yeah, if I could see a miracle, I'd, I'd believe. Let me tell you, Jesus had one miracle after another happen in his, in his ministry, and the Bible said there was still a whole bunch of people that saw that that didn't believe. At the end of the day, I mean, the, you're going to have to, you're either going to believe it or you're not. You're either going to believe this Bible or you're not. You, did you hear me? The greatest proof I could ever give you that Jesus has been raised from the dead is the proof of changed lives. How many of you remember Saul? He persecuted the church. He ran into the resurrection power of Jesus. He tapped it by believing on Jesus and he became known as the Apostle Paul. That's a changed life. That's proof of the resurrection, you see. You ought to see pictures of my wife before she got saved and after she got saved. I tell you what, it's so dramatic. I was looking at pictures many years ago and, and of her when she was younger, before she got saved, and I actually said, who is that girl? Who is that? And I went to her and I said, do you know who this girl? She said, well, that's me. Oh, no, that's not you. She said, yeah, that's before I got saved. See, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. And see, my wife tapped the resurrection power. And when she did, she became a new person. And her, her whole appearance, her whole countenance was different. You could see the, the joy of the Lord on the inside of her. And then I got some pictures just after she got saved. And I said, yeah, that's my Diane. Praise God. 
But I could give you one proof after another, but at the end of the day, you're either going to believe or you're not. But you know what? What does that believing do? That believing taps the resurrection power, doesn't it? Can you tap it by doing good works? No, how do you tap it? By what? By believing. Now, notice right here in Matthew 7. Let's go to Matthew 7, verse 22. Let's look at a group of people here who thought they'd tapped the resurrection power of Jesus. They thought they had, but they didn't. You know that's a dangerous place to be, thinking you've tapped the power, the resurrection power, uh, but you haven't. You know there's a lot of people in the world, even as I speak, they think they've tapped the resurrection power of Jesus, but they haven't. Look at this, Matthew 7, 22. Jesus said, Many will say to me in that day, in the day of judgment, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? And done many wonders, or one version says, haven't we done many wonderful works in your name? Do you know that there's people that think that if they do a bunch of wondrous, wonderful works, good works, that that causes them to tap the resurrection power? But notice Jesus says in verse 23, and then I will declare to them, to who? To these people who did all these wonderful works. Then I'll declare to them, I what? I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness or practice sin. Now these people honestly thought they had tapped the resurrection power of Jesus. But they didn't. Dangerous place to be. Dangerous place to be. They thought that by prophesying in his name, casting out demons in his name, by doing many wonderful works, they thought that that would tap the resurrection power. But what did, what did the Bible say? What's the only thing that taps the resurrection power? It's faith in the Lord Jesus. Now look at Ephesians 2 and verse 8. Look at Ephesians 2 and verse 8. Look at Ephesians 2 verse 8. The Bible says here, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul says, For by grace, notice this, by grace you have been saved through what? Through faith. We could say it this way, by grace you've been saved or you've tapped the resurrection power through faith or through believing, through trusting in Jesus. It's not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Well, a gift is free, isn't it? And then verse 9 says, not of what? Not of works, lest anyone should boast. See, if your good works could get you into heaven, uh, then you could stand before God one day and boast how you did it. But you see, all of us on our best day can't make heaven. We make heaven by what? Tapping resurrection power. How do you tap resurrection power? By believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. But now notice verse 10. For we are his workmanship... Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You see, our good works do not save us, but once we're saved, there will be good works. You see, good works are not the root of our salvation. Good works are the what? The fruit of our salvation. But the people we just read about in Matthew 7, you can see they were trusting in their good works to tap resurrection power. And you can't tap resurrection power with good works. You can only tap resurrection power through faith. 
But once you tap that power, there's going to be good works in your life. Now look at this one, Acts the 10th chapter. Let's go over there. Acts the 10th chapter. Let's look at a man here named Cornelius. Look at this. This is always interesting. We're talking about tapping resurrection power. Look at Acts 10, verse 1. Acts 10, verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what is called the Italian regiment. Now notice this. Notice this guy. He was a devout man. He feared God. He respected God. And all his household. That implies he's a good husband. He's a good father. He gave alms generously to the people. That means he he gave to the poor. He helped people financially. And he prayed to God always. Now, how many of you think this guy is in pretty good shape? He's devout. He respects God. He's giving alms, giving to the poor. He's praying to God on a regular basis. But it's interesting, this good man here, and there's no doubt he's a good man, But look at verse 3, about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He's lodging with Simon a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. Did you see that? He will tell you what you must do. Now, wait a minute. Hold on. What do you you mean, what I must do? I'm a devout man. I respect God. I give to the poor. I pray every day. Wait just a minute. What do you mean, tell me what I must do? See, there's a lot of people would think that Cornelius, because he was devout, because he respected God, because he gave to the poor, because he prayed regularly, there's a lot of people would think that this man has tapped resurrection power. But he hadn't. And if he, because see, if he had, then that angel wouldn't have showed up and said, call for Peter and he'll tell you what you must do. Well, let's see what, what happened. Then, of course, in the process of time, you know, Peter has that vision. He's praying on the rooftop and all of that. And in the process of time, Peter goes over to Cornelius' house. Let's pick up in verse 38. Let's go to verse 38. And Peter begins to, to teach and to preach to Cornelius in his household. And we're going to find out now what, what Cornelius had to do to tap resurrection power. Now, notice verse 38, how God anointed... Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now Peter's preaching to Cornelius' household. And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Now did he preach the cross to him right there? Yes, he did. And then verse 40, whom God raised up on the third day, did he preach the resurrection? Well, that's the gospel, the death, burial, resurrection. And showed him openly, not to all people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to judge living and the dead. To him all the prophets witnessed that, now watch this, that through his name, that's the name of Jesus, whoever what, whoever what, whoever what, whoever what, 
believes in him. Now, is that a believing from the head or believing from the heart? Whoever believes with his heart in him will receive remission of sins. We could say it this way. Whoever believes in Jesus and in the name of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus, that person taps resurrection power and their sins are forgiven and then they become a child of God. Now, as you read the rest of the story, you see that Cornelius and his household, really before Peter got done preaching, they believed that and they, and they, and they tapped resurrection power. You see a lot of people think that just being devout and fearing God and all that, giving money to the church, you know, if the preacher shakes your hand, you know, you'll tap resurrection power. No, dear friends. It's only through faith in the Lord Jesus. Notice Romans 10 verse 9. I want to show you something as I continue here for just a little bit, little bit longer. How many of you are getting anything out of this today? All right. Now look at Romans 10 and 9. It says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and what? Believe where? In your heart. That God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. We could say it this way, you will tap resurrection power. So what do you have to do to tap the resurrection power of Jesus? What do you have to do? You have to believe where? In your heart. And you have to, with your mouth, confess Him. Is that right? And then verse 10 says, With the heart, one believes to righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Now with that in mind, I want to look at another group of people. Go to John, the 12th chapter. And you tell me if this next group of people, if they tap the resurrection power of Jesus or not. Go to John 12. Go to John 12, verse 42. Now watch this. John 12, verse 42. Now while you're turning over there, a little review. To tap resurrection power and to get saved, what do you have to do? You have to believe in your heart and confess Jesus as Lord with your mouth, right? So you have to believe and confess. Is that right? Now, you tell me if this next group tapped resurrection power or not. There's a little quiz here on on Easter Sunday. You didn't know you were going to get a quiz at church this morning. But here it comes. Let's see if you can pass it. John 12, 42. John 12, 42. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in Him. That's in Jesus. Talking about Jesus. But, but, because of the Pharisees, they did not, what? Confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Now let me ask you a question. This group here believed, but they would not confess. Based on what we read in Romans, the 10th chapter, did this group of people tap into resurrection power? No, they didn't. Jesus said, whoever confesses me before men, him will I also confess before my father 
who is in heaven, but whoever denies me before man, him will I also deny before my Father who is in heaven. See, remember Paul said, one of the opening verses, I am not, what, ashamed of the gospel of Christ. See, these people, they believed, but they refused to confess him because they knew if they did, they'd be put out of the synagogue. I tell you what, I'd rather be put out of the synagogue and tap resurrection power than be member in good standing at the synagogue and die and go to hell. I already know of some people in some churches in the, the land of the United States of America that they actually got saved. They, they actually got saved. They would attend a church and the preacher would never stand up and tell them about resurrection power. And they actually, they went out to a revival meeting of Billy Graham or some other good minister and they got, they, they got saved. They tapped resurrection power. They came back to the church and the church kicked them out. Something, isn't it? You know, Jesus isn't welcome in a lot of churches in the land. And I'll prove that to you in the book of Revelation, those seven churches that are mentioned, there's one of those churches that Jesus is standing on the outside of the church, knocking, wanting wanting in. There was one particular preacher one time that he wanted to come to a certain church and preach, and that church would never let him come. He was a guest speaker, you know, and that church would never let him come. And he was kind of down in the dumps over it. And he got to talking to the Lord about it. And he felt like the Lord spoke to his heart and said, Oh, don't feel so badly. I've been trying to get in there for the last 25 years myself. Well, I don't know about you, but I want Jesus welcome in this church. I want him in this church. See, I'm not talking this morning about tapid religion. There's enough of that to go around and that's dead and dry and dull and boring. And who wants that? I'm talking about man-made rules and regulations. But I tell you what, you tap a hold of the... I tell you what, when I was a kid, I tapped a hold... You see that up there? Have you ever seen anybody? See, because I knew some about religion and I had tapped into religion and it just left me dull and dry and dead and boring. But have you ever seen anybody grab a hold of a live socket? You know what I'm talking about? A, a wall, you know, you know, you, how many knows what I'm talking about? Huh? Huh? Well, I tell you what, I got a hold of Jesus when I was a kid. I grabbed a hold of him. Praise God. I tapped into him with my faith and I grabbed a hold of, I grabbed a hold of Jesus. And when I made contact, bless God, when I tapped into him, I, <laughs> glory to God. And all these years later, I'm so like, praise God. Can you say amen? You tap into Jesus, I tell you what, living for God is exciting. Living for God is wonderful, it's exciting. Oh, if you're here today and you've never tapped into the resurrection power of Jesus, I want to encourage you to do so today. My goodness, change your life. Give you something to live for. You tap into, I tell you what, you tap into religion and it'll leave you, i got to go to church again. Oh, I gotta get up and go. But I tell you what, you tap, how many want to see me do that again? <laughs> Once is enough. You get what I'm saying? How do you tap in? Do you tap in through good works and this or that? Or do you tap in by believing with all your heart? 
Believing with all your heart. Now, after you believe with all your heart, will there be some good works? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I want to ask you, as I close this message, I want to ask you a question. It's the same question that Pontius Pilate asked. Remember when Jesus appeared before him there? And he said, what shall I do with this Jesus who is called Christ? And I want to ask you that as I close this message, but I want you to think about this. What will you do with the Jesus of this Bible? What are you going to do with him? You're either going to accept him or you're going to reject him. You're either going to believe in him or you're not. And let me tell you, dear friends, there's no way around him, over him, or under him. The only way to God the Father... Now notice, I I want to make sure you understand this, what I'm saying here. The only way. Listen, Jesus isn't the best way. He's the only way. The only way to God the Father is through Him. Through Jesus. Now Pilate, after asking that question, what shall I do with this Jesus who is called Christ? He went and he washed his hands. Now, you know what he was doing when he washed his hands? He was, because see, he didn't want to crucify Jesus, but the crowd was screaming, crucify him, crucify him. So Pilate tried to stay neutral. But you know what? Let me tell you, to be neutral is to reject. To neglect is to reject. To, to neglect or some, there's a lot of people, they're just neglecting to receive Jesus, but to neglect him is to reject him. The only way to tap resurrection power, and listen to what I'm going to say now, because I haven't emphasized this part, but I want to emphasize it right now. You have to believe on Him, but before you believe on Him, you have to repent of your sins. Did you hear what I just said? There's not a lot of that being preached in this land anymore. They're just telling you, just, just say the prayer. Listen, just saying the prayer isn't going to do any good. That, you know what's called the sinner's prayer? It's not going to do you any good unless you say it with a repentant heart. What does that mean? That you're sorry for your sins. You're sorry for your old lifestyle. And you repent. What does repent mean? It means to turn from the old way and to go the new. Turn from the things of darkness and turn to, to God and light. And then when you, with that repentant heart, you turn to God and you place your faith, your belief, your trust in Jesus. And you you confess Him as your Lord and you invite Him into your heart. See, right in that instant, you tap resurrection power. And you become a Christian. You become saved. You become a child of God, however you want to say it. You know, the Apostle Paul one day was preaching... And teaching, and, and, and actually, actually, he was on, kind of on trial, if you will, and he was giving his testimony before uh, Felix and King Agrippa, and he was giving his testimony of how God had done some wonderful things in his life, and how Jesus had really had appeared to him on the road, and 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 as he and, and as you read it, he was talking to these to these people about the the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. And King Agrippa made this statement to Paul. He said, Paul, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. But do you know what? Almost isn't good enough. Almost only counts in hand grenades and 
horseshoes. Right? You all, I, I've seen it already over the years as I've called people to Jesus and, and they'll tell me later, Pastor, you almost persuaded me today, but almost doesn't tap. Huh? Good illustration here. Did I, did I hit the switch? No, I, I almost did, but nothing changed, did it? Why? Because almost doesn't count. You have to sell out to Him. Well, what are you holding on to that old lifestyle for anyway? There's nothing in it. The wages of sin, you know, the Bible says there's pleasure in sin, but it's only for a season, and the wages of sin is what? It's death. It'll kill you in the end and make your life miserable in the meantime. Maybe you're here today and you've walked with Jesus at one time, but you've gotten away from Him. I want to just tell you this. It's a dangerous place to be in what's called a backslidden condition. Do you remember when the prodigal son, he was in father's house and he went away from the house? How many remembers that? He left daddy. How many remembers the prodigal son? He was there with his daddy and he left and he went away and he wound up in the pig pen. And, and, and you know what? He repented. Didn't he repent? And he came back home and all of that. But you know, the father in that parable said something when the son was, he was talking about when he was gone out in that pig pen. He said, my son was lost and now he is found. He was dead, but now he's alive again. Dear friends, let me just tell you, it's a dangerous place to be is in what what we would call a backslidden condition. There may be some people in here, maybe at one time you walked with Jesus, but you've slid back away from him. That is a dangerous place to be. I'm not trying to scare you this morning. I'm just trying to encourage you to come back on home. Come back on and get back right with him before it's too late. Ecclesiastes 8 and 10, we'll close with this scripture. Look at this in the King James Version. Look at this here. Praise the Lord. One of the saddest scriptures in all of the Bible, Ecclesiastes 8 and 10. King James Version. I like the way it reads in the King James Version. So I saw the wicked buried. Who's the wicked? The wicked in the Bible are people who never tapped resurrection power. So I saw the wicked buried. That means they're dead. It's too late for them now. But notice who had. Who had what? Who had come and gone from the place of the holy. We could say that's church. And they were forgotten in the city where they had so done. What is this talking about? This is talking about a group of people who came to church. And they left the same way they came. They came without resurrection power, and they left without resurrection power. They came without it, and they left without it, because it says, I saw the wicked buried. I saw all those who never tapped resurrection power. I saw them buried. They'd come and gone from, from, from the place of the holy. They were forgotten. Why did they come and go without resurrection power? Why did they leave without resurrection power? There's one or two, there can only be one or two reasons. Either the preacher never told them, 
or the preacher told them and they didn't tap it. Now I know this, I've told you this morning. I've told you. Now it's up to you to tap it. Did you hear me? It's up to you to tap it. Don't come and go this morning from this place of the holy, from this church service. Don't, don't come and go. Don't leave here. Perhaps you came in here and you've never tapped resurrection power. Don't leave the way you came. Maybe, maybe you've been in a backslidden condition and you've come here today. Don't leave in a backslidden condition. Okay? There is a heaven above to gain and there is, dear friends, a hell beneath to shun. How do you shun hell and make heaven? You've got to what? Tap resurrection power. Does it count if you almost do it? No, you've got to tap it. Do you tap it by a bunch of good works or do you tap it by repenting and believing and confessing? Well, that's the way you do it, right? The Bible says that because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and everything to live for. Maybe you're here today and you feel like you don't have anything to live for. Maybe you're here today and you think, I don't know how I can go on another day. Well, because of Jesus and his resurrection and resurrection power, if you'll tap into that. Maybe you're saved, but maybe you just think, how can I go another day? How many has ever felt like that besides me? But I tell you what, the good news about resurrection power, it'll not only save you, but it'll, it'll, it'll drive that blueness and that depression away. It'll heal your body. Can you say amen? That same resurrection power that, that'll, that'll, that'll save you, it'll heal you too. I've seen hundreds of people healed over the last 15 years of this ministry. Healed of cancer, healed of fibromyalgia, healed of all different kinds of things. God's still in the healing business. Did you hear me? Maybe you're here today and you're at enmity with someone. Maybe you're, maybe you're in strife with your husband. Maybe you're in strife with a family member. Maybe you're in strife with the next door neighbor. You know, the Bible says that, that, that Herod and Pilate were enemies until Jesus got in between them and then they became friends, the Bible says. If you're at enmity, if you're at odds with somebody, your wife, whoever it is, let Jesus get in there and let that resurrection power work in there. And it, I tell you what, it can take the, the... When you think that that relationship is dead and over and it can no longer live, I tell you what, Jesus was in the tomb and if you'd have looked at it in the natural, you'd have think, well, he can never live again. But how many of you know the third day came, resurrection power hit him and he lived? Your marriage can live again. Your relationship with your loved one can live again if you let Jesus in there. Stand with me if you would.